It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. We like to think that at the Sound of Young America, we bring you only the best of popular culture. And we're lucky enough to have the able assistance once a month of the good people at the Onions AV Club. Uh, this week, we're joined by Tasha Robinson and Genevieve Kosky, uh, who will be offering their picks for the best in what's out there in the world of culture. Tasha and Genevieve, welcome back to the Sound of Young America. Thanks for having us. Yep, great to be here. Tasha, I want to start with you. Um, your first pick this week is an Australian crime thriller called The Square. Um, here's a clip from the movie. Right. We're in trouble. Greg and Eddie have been to Leonard's. They're on to us, right? If Leonard does know something, it's just a matter of no, time. No, the police came around. No one's seen him. Everyone just thinks he's taken off. Why would he take off? Well, he, he broke into the site, maybe. Greg is not going to stop, Ray. Carlo. I'll get the money and no, I'll meet you at listen your office. To me. We listen can begin to, to stay by morning. I can't. So I, I don't know if when people think, uh, you know, noir, they automatically think Australia. Um, what did you like about this movie, Tasha? Well, it's it's a very strange project in a way. Um, it's the directorial debut of uh, Nash Egerton, who has been in the film industry um, since at least the mid-90s as a stuntman. He's been a stunt driver. He's been a stunt rigger. He's been a stunt double. Um, he's worked on films you know, ranging from Babe, Pig in the City to The Matrix. <laughs> you would think when somebody like that steps out to uh, to do a film of his own that it's going to have a bunch of stunts in it, You know, that it's going to be focused on the kind of thing he does with the rest of his career. But instead, this is just, it's a really subdued, really tight, modern noir. It's one of those stories where, you know, some people who uh, are more or less in love uh, get that love tested, and you get to sort of find out the depth of their commitment to each other, uh, because they make a, a fairly bad decision trying to get their hands on the money that will enable them to continue their relationship. And that bad decision just escalates. You know, it leads to further problems that lead to further problems. And it becomes this, uh, you know, very complicated sort of combination relationship drama and crime drama where uh, they're increasingly trying not just to hide their illicit relationship from his wife and her husband, um, but also, you know, stay ahead of various people who are after them and more or less just try to survive. So you're saying that I shouldn't expect any Babe Pig in the City style inflatable suit uh, bouncing action scenes. Nor, you know, talking animals. <laughs> well, as much as I love Babe Pig in the City, this also sounds like a good film. It's just really taut. It's very well acted. It's very well assembled. Um, and it's, it's all done on a very small, intimate, you know, dark scale. Um, Genevieve, all your picks this week come to us in audio form. Uh, let's start with Mavis Staples. She's, of course, uh, most famous for her work in the Staples Singers, but um, since the uh, late 70s, she's been recording as a solo artist and is generally considered to be uh, one of the biggest stars in both the worlds of soul music and gospel music. Her new album is produced by Jeff Tweedy of the band Wilco. Uh, it's called You Are Not Alone. Let's hear a little bit of the title track. You're not alone I'm with you I'm going to too What's that song? Can't be sung By two Broken home 
a broken heart Isolated and afraid Open up, this is a ray I want to get it through to you You're not alone I guess... Outside of the sort of Chicago Midwestern connection, these aren't two names that I would imagine going together automatically, Genevieve. Um, what does Jeff Tweedy bring to, you know, the world of our one of our greatest soul singers? Like you said, I mean, Mavis Staples, she's kind of had a resurgence um, starting with like 2007's We Will Never Turn Back, which was a civil rights themed album uh, released on the anti-label. And that was really well received. So she's kind of been like bubbling under for a while. But just as um, Jack White did with Loretta Lynn um, with Van Leer Rose a few years back, I think it kind of lends this for lack of a better term, rock cred to a genre that might be ignored by a lot of audiences, in this case, gospel. This is mainly uh, gospel music. Um, but also, uh, as producer, Tweedy, I think he mainly a curator, because she does covers, mainly. And I think he had a large hand in um, picking the tracks to cover. Tasha, let's talk about Glee. I think pretty much everybody at this point knows about uh, one of the biggest comedy musical drama hits on television. In fact, almost certainly the biggest comedy musical drama hit on television. Um, Jane Lynch, who's a past Sound of Young America guest, just won an Emmy for her role on the show as the coach of the cheerleading squad. Uh, Let's take a look at a clip from the last episode of season one in which Jane's character is talking to her nemesis, Will, the coach of the Glee Squad. I know you think I'm heartless, Will. And you may have a point. I spend large segments of each day picturing you choking on food. And I recently contacted an exotic animal dealer because I had a very satisfying dream that the two of us went to a zoo and I shoved your face into one of those pink inflamed monkey butts that weeps limp. And I know that you think I'm a bad person because I remain unmoved by your nattering of trite platitudes to your ill-shapen students about how the human condition can be improved by, yes, singing about it. And I've proven that I can wipe you and your glee club off the face of this earth. But what kind of a world would that be, Will? A world where I couldn't constantly ridicule your hair. So, um, Tasha, the first season of Glee is just about to come out on DVD, as well as the um, second half of the first season DVD. They released a first half of the first season DVD earlier this year. Um, The second season's coming up on Fox. It it sounds like, from having talked to you about it a little bit, like you think that uh, Glee really grew a lot over the course of its first year on the air. I I do, in fact. I mean, I I find it to be an incredibly erratic show, one that kind of lends itself to a love-hate relationship. I can't, I I couldn't stop watching it if I tried. I I think in some ways it's a really troubled show. But I think if you look at sort of the first episodes and then see, you know, how it's developed as a show from here, it's still in transition. It's still kind of finding out what it wants to be. Um, It's still sometimes unsure whether the the relationship should be taken in a jokey manner or a serious manner. But over time, we've seen them, you know, drop some of the elements that just really weren't working, um, like Will's wife's fake pregnancy and uh, some of Jama Mays' more, you know, twitchy OCD problems and moved more towards a like a a light fleeting tone um, that's concentrated a lot more, I think, on the music and how much fun the music is. And maybe on more on the cotton candy 
candy elements and, and tried less to get people involved in these really, really ephemeral, ridiculous relationships um, that are never the same from episode to episode. <laughs> you mentioned that people have a love-hate relationship with it. I find that my relationship is that I love Jane Lynch and I hate watching Glee. <laughs> well, she really does. I mean, she makes the show. I'm... I, there's so many people in the show that you could say makes the show. I mean, Chris Colfer for me makes the show from time to time. Um, Lee Michelle sometimes makes the show. I, I could just go down the list and name three fourths of the cast. Really, I'm I'm curious more than anything for the second season to see what they're going to do with Jane Lynch because it, it kind of seems like where the first season ended up, they left her in a place where if she goes back to the same old dynamic of hating the Glee Club one week and loving the Glee Club secretly the next week, it's going to start to get repetitive. So I'm hoping that they do something new with that. Okay, Genevieve, let's let's talk about comedy. Uh, Hannibal Burris, uh, he was on The Sound of Young America a couple of years ago when we did a live show in Chicago. He's also a previous writer for Saturday Night Live, and in this upcoming season, he'll be writing for 30 Rock, two of our favorite programs. Um, he's got a new stand-up album out this year called My Name is Hannibal. Here's a clip from it. Another time, chilling out with my nephew, trying to check my email. My nephew keeps touching at the keyboard. I push his hand away. He keeps touching at the keyboard. Push his hand away. I got frustrated. I couldn't believe I said this to a one-year-old. I was like, nigga, you can't type. <laughs> Which, if you think about it, it's pretty messed up to say to anybody, <laughs> let alone a one-year-old. I felt so bad. I was hoping he wasn't scarred for life. He remembers that. Thanksgiving, he's 16 years old. He drugs my food. I wake up, he's cut my hands off. He's staring me in the eyes like, nah, nigga. You can't tie me. Genevieve, uh, Hannibal Burris is, is, is such a funny stand-up comic. What, what in your book uh, is what makes him special and distinctive? Uh, I think it really boils down to his delivery. He has this really great kind of rambling, understated delivery that feels very conversational, um, and the punchlines kind of sneak up on you. But anyone familiar with stand-up can tell that like so much thought has been put into these bits and his transitions and these things that seem like tossed off asides. Um, and if you've seen him more than once, you you know can tell that he is very consistent about seeming very off the cuff. It's mainly observational humor, and there's some really familiar topics, you know, like airline travel or rap videos. And he'll occasionally get a little more absurd, but there's nothing too out of the ordinary as far as his topics it really just boils down to his really uh unique and incredibly enjoyable delivery um he told a joke on uh, our show in chicago that um we couldn't play on the air and in fact i can only allude to now which was about his girlfriend breaking up on him, breaking up with him uh because her lady parts were gentrifying <laughs> Um, and I think I, I think that says something about his his style. He's he's always ready with, you know, he's got this kind of l loping rhythm, and mm -hmm. uh, it it often contains these little left hooks that, that really catch you by surprise. Also, one of the great things uh, about his humor is he's very he references the fact that he's telling jokes. Um, you know, like he'll say. You know, I know that that, doesn't, that didn't make sense with something I said earlier, but that's just a choice I made for that joke. It's really funny and, and endearing, and um, 
you know, like he's not trying to put one over on us. You know, he's like, I'm telling a joke here and you're enjoying it. So I I guess I'll have to ask Hannibal if this is true. But I I heard a story that when he performed on uh, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, um, they loved him so much that they offered him the Saturday Night Live writing job on the spot. Um, Tasha Robinson, Genevieve Kosky, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Genevieve Kosky and Tasha Robinson are editors at the AV Club, which is online at avclub.com. You can find The Square on DVD now. The Mavis Staples album, You Are Not Alone, is out September 14th. Uh, Glee Season 1 on DVD September 14th, and Season 2 starts September 21st on Fox. And uh, Hannibal Burris' hilarious album, My Name is Hannibal, is in stores now.